Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Monday Check-In. I think is what I think we've settled on that name. I Monday am, yeah, that's the what we're going with. So, uh, I am Pastor Damon, joined, of course, by Pastor Greg. So glad to be here with you today, both with you, Damon, and also with all of our loyal listeners, whoever they may be. <laughs> all right, <laughs> maybe they'll let us know. Who's to say? Right. Um, so this is our this is our Monday sort of communication sort of thing. We will share a few announcements, and then we'll also take a look at the scripture that we have for this upcoming Sunday, um, the date of which I believe is April fifth. Um, so it's it's Palm Sunday. So we're going to take a look at, at that little bit of scripture from the Gospel of Matthew. But before we get there, Greg, are there any news items that we should share with people? Indeed. Uh, just a few things to remind you of. Uh, we do have our deacons and mission committee set up as care team. And so each of those care teams that has one deacon and one mission committee member uh, will be reaching out to our families. Uh, and they'll, the, each they all have about 20 to 30 families. So do expect calls from them. They're just calling to check in with you, see how you're doing, uh, hopefully pre prevent social isolation. And then if there are needs that you have, uh, they're there to help address those needs or forward those onto the church. So uh, don't be surprised if you get calls and uh, they'll also be sharing announcements and updates with you too in those calls. Uh, so that's a good way to stay in touch with the life of the church. Uh, we started last week and we've developed this weekly rhythm. So we have our stay at home worship on Sunday, which, uh, Y'all, many of you took part in. And then uh, Monday, we'll be doing this Monday check-in. Wednesday, we're going to have Kids Corner, where Steph Brader will uh, record a short video and a lesson for our kids, and then also provide uh, families with a ton of great resources that they can do at home that would be what they would normally be doing at Wednesday Night Live and also at Sunday School. And then Friday, uh, and last week, this was phenomenal, and we'll uh, probably push this out again, but Friday... We're getting a local artist or musician to come and reflect on the scripture and reflect on what they've heard and uh, offer um, music or art that complements that. And so that's uh, be, be on the lookout for that as well. Uh, we love to be able to bring these things to you and continue to grow in our faith as a church, to grow in our discipleship and also to praise and glorify God and see the way that God is at work in the world. And that's what we're really trying to do through these things. So the last announcement I have is just uh, to stay tuned for announcements from the church this week. We are planning quite an exciting thing on Palm Sunday. If we can get all the moving parts and pieces to work together, it will involve having you all come, uh, staying in your cars, but coming to the church parking lot and getting palm branches as well as communion elements. And then we will uh, parade around the city, stopping at different important places in the city to offer a prayer. And so we'll stop uh, somewhere downtown near the courthouse in the city government building and pray for our leaders, our local and international leaders. We'll stop at Hastings Medical Park and pray for all of our healthcare workers and all the patients. We'll stop um, hopefully in the high school parking lot and pray for all educators and students. We'll stop in the industrial center parking lot and uh, in one of the industrial parks in town and we'll pray for uh, folks whose work has been disrupted by what's going on. So stay tuned. We're going to have a lot of details about that coming out, and we hope that you'll be able to join us for that. Yeah, and I uh, should say also we're kind of working on sort of figuring out where is the place that houses all of these um, videos and podcasts and 
and that sort of stuff. So, yes. so uh, that's kind of all in development right now. Right now, it's a little scattershot. There's things here, there's things there. Um, but folks should be getting an email with the links to these things um, so they can just always find things through their emails. So uh, with all those things said and done, then uh, I'm going to, before we read the scripture, I'm going to share this. Uh, this is a prayer from our Lenten devotional. There it is, I'm holding it up for the camera. I just opened a birthday gift. And um, so this is the prayer written by Lori Johnson for, for April 7th. Let us pray. God of fortitude, what a glorious day it was when Jesus chose to ride into Jerusalem instead of walking the last two miles. The king of peace rode not on a war horse or a beast of burden, but upon the foal of a donkey, young and untested, yet willing to serve the Lord. Though this colt had never before had to bear any burden and had no training to do so, who was willing to serve Jesus, just like this colt, we realize that we have a choice to carry Jesus and the voice of peace to all your people. Help us to bear such a burden with acceptance, as that's the way it must be. Give us the strength to face the task head on. Amen. Amen. And of course, then our scripture for this coming Sunday is uh, one of the descriptions of Jesus' inter entrance into Jerusalem. This comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, the 21st chapter, verses 1 through 11. When they had come to Jerusalem, Jesus and the disciples, and had reached Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest, in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Here ends this reading. Greg, what do you got? Well, a uh, couple of things that I was thinking about. But mm -hmm. um, in light of where we're at in the world today and in light of uh, what's going on, I was just thinking how much um, this story of Palm Sunday, and I think this every year, but this year it was particularly acute to me, um, how it's this this convergence, if you will, a convergence of uh, praise with loss and grief, right? Jesus is riding into Jerusalem and the people are celebrating and shouting. He's got a crowd who is processing with him and you've got this celebration and praise, even though Jesus knows what's going to happen. Jesus has foreshadowed to his disciples what's going to happen. 
Um, and so it's this, this just really fascinating tension or paradox of these two very strong uh, feelings of celebration and praise and loss and grief that we know are, uh, are going to be present together at the same time. And um, that has felt particularly acute in the last few weeks uh, for me and I think for a lot of other people too, um, that we can simultaneously both grieve the loss of our freedom because we're on social lockdown and grieve the people who are suffering from this disease, but then also we're seeing God at work in strange and wonderful ways and we celebrate that. And the Christian life is a life of paradox. We live in, in the midst of this paradox and, and um, you know, starting with Jesus Christ himself, who we say is both fully human and fully divine. This is a paradox, right? This seemingly absurd or self-contradictory proposition. But when you investigate it and explain it, it proves to be true and perhaps even reveals a deeper truth. And uh, the Christian life is a life of paradox and we're in the midst of that paradox right now both with this story of Palm Sunday, but also with uh, what's going on in the world around us. What do you think? Yeah, this, it's interesting. I, this is an interesting story. I, it's one of those stories that I don't, I don't think about a lot to be, to be quite honest. Um, there is this tension because, you know, just, I mean, immediately before this, Jesus tells the disciples what's going to happen in Jerusalem. Right. Um, and they respond in kind of a weird way. <laughs> um, they, they respond by asking a favor of him. And, um, and he's, and he's, well, what's the favor? And we want to sit with you in glory. Right. And Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking for. You, can you go through the baptism that I go through? Um, this sorts of things. Um, and then immediately after this, Jesus goes into the temple and, and is overturning tables and kicking people out. And yeah, in the middle, there's this, is it, is it a celebratory scene? Is it, is it a parody scene? Is it, there's kind of, there's this sub, sort of subversive element to it. Um, the one of the commenters that I was reading about this passage pointed out that Hosanna, the, the word Hosanna is um, an Aramaic word. It's the, the rest of this passage was is written in Greek, uh, but they left this Aramaic word in there, right? Um, and so why why is there an Aramaic word in there? That doesn't it seems strange. Uh, and Hosanna is left untranslated even in our English Bibles. Um, but that it means Lord save. And so why would, why would you leave that in there? Well, it's maybe the Rome, the Romans maybe wouldn't have really understood that word. Um, and they might not have fully understood what the, 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 this was a, a call for a political revolution that, that the Jewish folks in Jerusalem were living under the oppression of Rome. And, and here's this kind of, parody entrance of, or of a new king um, 
know, we say Lord save, but we say it in a language that no one around here is going to understand um, so that we don't get into trouble. Um, there's, there's a lot going on. And we, I think we oftentimes think about this as, um, we think of it as a children's story, I think. Um, and, and we, and we miss, we think of it as it's a fun parade. It's, it's 4th of July. It's this sort of thing. Right. Um, and we miss a lot of, we miss the undercurrent sorts of things. We miss this tension that you're talking about between grief and celebration or grief and hope maybe, or, or whatever the case may be. Um, it also, it confuses me also because <laughs> Like in verse three, they're going to find they're going to get the, the donkey and the colt. If anyone says anything to you, just say this the Lord needs them. He doesn't really need them. <laughs> Presumably he's been walking this whole time. He couldn't just keep walking. Yeah, but needs them to fulfill the prophecy is uh, sure. is is where that goes. But yeah, it's interesting too. And then and then the 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 choice of, of the donkey or the colt uh, is, is an interesting one and gets more deeply into sort of almost the parody of this or the certainly the paradox because we're contrasting how um, a Messiah, a Lord, a King would come into the city in, um, in glory, right? And one would anticipate that to be on the back of a war horse surrounded by troops um, with chariots and, and all that stuff. And uh, Jesus chooses this, uh, <laughs> this, this little colt uh, again, to fulfill a prophecy, but also to, to create a contrast, to show the tension. Um, there are other biblical scholars that say during this Passover feast that the Jews would have been celebrating in Jerusalem that there would uh, would have been a military or uh, a Roman entrance into the city uh, and potentially at the same time that Jesus was coming in on the back of a colt surrounded by, uh, you know, a bunch of nobodies mm -hmm. uh, who were celebrating him, uh, there was probably a, a general parading into the city on the back of a war horse with chariots and, and troops marching with armor and shields and swords and all that stuff. And again, it's this contrast that's intentionally set up, as you pointed out, and particularly Matthew, uh, who was writing to this Jewish audience, would have been uh, pointing that out and making sure that his readers could understand that uh, and see some of these contrasts or contradictions or paradoxes that are present. Um, Jesus' power is found in weakness through values of compassion and love. Right. It's uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think also it gets to this, this idea of what do we, ex like, what do we expect from a Messiah? What do we expect from a savior? Right. That, that folks, some folks would have been looking at the time for, for a sort of, sort of a military sort of revolution, right. To, to cast off Rome and, and to be able to do our own thing. And, um, there's one of my, I remember one of my seminary professors talked about, um, the, 
she uh, one her big thing was that Marilyn saw one thing the question mattered right was her big thing right and so as a way of illustrating this she would talk about um, Jesus saves bumper stickers or billboards or that sort of thing and, and she would say Jesus but what what does Jesus save right uh, we we assume that Jesus saves but what and how and what do we expect from a savior or what do we expect from God and are our expectations lining up um, are the things that we are calling expectations are they really just once uh, are they different than um, we hope to be fulfilled by God in some way right in what way are we hoping to be fulfilled right and when the folks were looking for a Messiah, uh, there was a hope that that Messiah would be a military conqueror, would come in and put down the Roman oppression of the Jewish people and would be able to, so, so that people practicing their faith would have the ability to do that. Uh, and they thought that, that, the, that they thought the only way to beat the Roman Empire was fighting fire with fire, right? The Roman mm-hmm. Empire's power was based in their military might their capacity to uh, come in with an army and take over territory and then hold that territory. And so the, the thought was the only way that we can beat that is by ourselves having a Messiah, someone who will save us, who will have more military power than the Roman Empire. And Jesus flips all of that on its head. And this symbolism of riding it on the back of a, of, of a colt is exactly that, right? It's exactly, it's a perfect symbol of that, that no, I'm not coming out on the back of a war horse surrounded by armies. I'm coming out on the back of a colt surrounded by children and old people who are taking off their cloaks and waving palm branches for me, not who are uh, waving their swords in the air and the, the sun is glinting off their shields, right? And so this Palm Sunday procession gives us that. And if, if we're attuned to it, it's more than just a children's story of a celebratory triumphal entry into Jerusalem, but there's a lot going on underneath in this symbolism uh, and, and visual imagery that brings up these, these paradoxes or these tensions that are present. Yeah. And that, that idea of sort of subverted expectations or whatever the case may be ties um, of course, into the Holy week narrative um, um, and the, all of, you know, even the Monday Thursday and who's 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 really the serpent and what's really the sign of of greatness and, and that sort of thing and, and of course Good Friday and the suffering and the death and um, are yeah all of those are things that are not the way that you would expect the story to end or the way for the story to go. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll get a chance next week, I think, to reflect more on Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday. Um, but you're absolutely right; it all falls into that, where Jesus Jesus is giving a commandment to his disciples before he's preparing to leave, and the commandment is, "Love one another as I've loved you." And there's no military might or power in that commandment. There's uh, there's only there's only self sacrificial, self giving love, which again is this paradox of the Christian faith and the Christian life, and um, and kind of where we are today, too. Yeah. Anything else? I think that's all I've got for now. 
Thank you, uh, Damon, for, uh, for batting some ideas back and forth with me. And thanks to everyone who's listening for uh, listening to our ramblings. <laughs> Uh, we'll close. Uh, we'll close with a prayer today, and this also is from our uh, our Lenten devotional guide. Um, and this one was written by Kaylin Sonson. Kaylin is a graduated from Hastings College last year and is in seminary this year at Austin Presbyterian Seminary. Uh, she's a student who is uh, under the care of our church. We are helping her in her ordination process, and she uh, she wrote a prayer that I think captures some of what Damon and I have talked about really beautifully. And so let's, uh, let's close with a word of prayer. Giver of light, life, and love, why must we face darkness, death, and hatred? This path we call life is windy, tumultuous, and treacherous. The difficulties we face overwhelm us. But you, O God of mercy, are always there to raise us up and remind us that where there is despair, there is hope. Our journeys may drag us down, but with you on our side, there is hope for a future ruled by love. We will rejoice in the gift you have given us, in our ability to work towards it. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, until uh, till next week. Until next time. Toodaloo, everyone. <laughs>